Hello and welcome to Haunted Hometowns, your weekly true crime paranormal podcast. My name is Blake Lambert-Hack, and this season I will be covering deaths and hauntings in the beautiful city of Savannah, Georgia, with a different special guest every week. Tonight, I am joined by a wonderful vocalist and the host of the podcast Crooner Has It, the incomparable Jarrison Dean. How are you? I'm good. I feel like I should enter with, like, an evil laugh or something. <laughs> I mean, go for it. Give me your best evil laugh. Oh, God. All right, wait. <laughs> I, gotta get like, I gotta get, like, deep in my belly. Ho, 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 ho. That was a little Santa-y. That's, oh, save, yeah, but it's, like, perfect for Save Halloween. that for Christmas. <laughs> How are you? What have you been up to? I'm good, I'm good. Uh, not too much. Working on the next... Uh, a couple crooner episodes and then also the live show so that's keeping me pretty busy you have an ep coming out soon too right i do i'm not sure when this episode will air but definitely by the time this airs i'll have one out (laughs) yeah awesome so i ask every guest at the beginning how would you describe a ghost oh god (laughs) well if i haven't seen the sun in a while I would fit the description. Very fair. <laughs> if we're talking an actual um, spirit, spiritual being, I don't really know if I have a description. I'm terrified of everything. So <laughs> I would like to say they look like Casper, but I know that they don't. Uh, yeah, I, I don't could. know. I don't know. <laughs> well, I mean, that's what I would tell myself if I thought one was around. It's just Casper. <laughs> no, I, I just don't know if I have an actual... I think I'm hoping that I never run across one. And as someone who has, I'm going to say you're probably better off and then you can like live in this other world. <laughs> exactly. Ignorance is bliss. Yeah. Do you believe in ghosts then? Yes. I guess. I mean, I believe in spirits. Okay. And I feel like depending on who you ask, they're different. I, I think they're the same. So I do. Yes. Yeah, there's a broad... I'm like, I'm like, like, I live by a cemetery, so I'm like hoping (laughs) I'm not offending anybody right now. They're listening. They're like, oh, he doesn't believe? Okay. (laughs) Yeah. They're going to make a believer. Have you ever visited Savannah? I have been to Savannah, yes. You're Uh, from the South, right? I'm from Kentucky originally. That's where I was born. Uh, And I used to have... I have family that lived in Georgia, so... okay. I've been to Savannah. I think I've only been there once, but around the area a couple of times. Gotcha. I My family's from Kentucky as well, and now they live in Atlanta, so I'm down there all oh, the time. Oh, what part of Kentucky? Uh, northern part. Uh, um, oh, okay. Like right outside Cincinnati. But Okay, cool. Yeah. So this week, we will be discussing Moon River Brewing Company that now sits and once was the City Hotel which was Savannah's first hotel. Okay. The very first, huh? Have you heard of any Savannah haunting stories, ghost stories or anything? Uh, No, I was there uh, kind of towards the beginning of the fall when I did go to visit, and there was a bunch of, uh, you know, like the seasonal ghost uh, ghost tours and yeah, yeah, things yeah. like that, but I didn't, I didn't take any of them, so I'm not familiar with any like <laughs> local lore. Okay. Well, we're going to get into one of the bigger ones. in. I mean, like, as I've said on previous episodes, all of Savannah is haunted. Like, the city itself is just a haunted place. It's one of the top haunted places in the United States, if not the number one haunted place. But this building itself is, like, known to be one of the more active buildings in Savannah. So, Oh, boy. Buckle up. <laughs> as someone who loves hauntings and horror as you do this will be fun (laughs) yeah i'm I'm probably just gonna exit this interview at like the scariest point halfway through you're just (laughs) yeah (laughs) 
Okay, so before the hotel was even thought of, that land it sits on was struck with tragedy when a horrific fire erupted in the downtown area of Savannah in 1820. It burned two-thirds of Savannah down. Something about a fire beginning at a, like in a stable during a windy day, which then caught some gunpowder ablaze. But approximately 400 buildings were destroyed. But out of those ashes came many of the buildings still standing today, such as the Moon River Brewing Company, a.k.a. the City Hotel. Okay? Mm. So that's where we start with the fire. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Some uh, quick history of the building before we jump into murder. Oh, God. That's a jump. <laughs> The hotel was completed in 1821 by, I'm going to mess this person's name up, I'm sorry, a laser early? Sure. Mm. The city hotel was occupied by the wealthy that uh, regularly gathered for great drinks and upscale parties, etc. Many notable people stayed at the city hotel through the years, but the hotel hosted the last guest in 1864, right before the end of the Civil War. Some of the guests included Winfield Scott, who was a veteran of War of 1812, Marquis de Lafayette, who was a veteran of the American and French Revolution, James Audubon, he was a naturalist, and the first three U.S. Navy Commodores exciting stuff at the city hotel wait now these were people that lived there yeah so they or stayed there yeah for at least a period of time yeah oh okay not died there or we're not no 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 they didn't die there okay (laughs) i'm just trying to prepare myself nope they just stay there and they're like kind of famous for uh war stuff but uh just like the last episode i kind of talked about another hotel in savannah This hotel acted as a hospital for the massive yellow fever outbreak. Here we go. As well as a hospital for the Civil War troops. Mm -hmm. I know. This is is right in the scary handbook playbook. (laughs) It's it's hitting all the check marks. Yep, absolutely. After the war, the Civil War, the building was used as a lumber and coal warehouse. As coal died off, the building was used as a storage facility as well as some shops. Then it sat empty for 20 years before it was purchased in 1995. And a few years after that, Moon River Brewing Company took over. So that's generally the history of the hotel. All right, not so bad yet. (laughs) And Moon River Brewery occupies the first floor of the building. It's four floors. And... The first floor is like a restaurant uh, and bar. And then two, three, and four today is unrenovated. It's kind of just is sitting empty how it used to look back in the day for a picture. <laughs> They're leaving it open for somebody. Yes, for many people. <laughs> um, yeah. Now, I'm going to go back to 1832 when a Georgia state legislator. James Jones Stark insulted a physician that was part of a well-liked family in Savannah, Philip Minus. Stark called Minus a, quote, damned Jew who ought to be pissed on, unquote. Oh. So it's not great. Um, I'm, I'm betting one of them haunted the other. <laughs> That's where we're going here. Well, Stark was at a bar when he made his anti-Semitic remarks. However, he also made comments to Minus's face in April of 1832. Because Stark was so public about his disdain, Minus wrote him demanding an apology or a duel. Hmm. Of course, Stark... That's how I, hand... that... That's oh, how I handle things. For sure. Why wouldn't you? <laughs> <laughs> Let's apologize or fight to the death. Mm-hmm. No in between. Exactly. Stark, of course, chose Duel because the story wouldn't go anywhere if it was an apology, right? Be a quick episode. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) By Duel, I mean if you watch Hamilton the Musical, that kind of Duel, where they, one person, or they both choose what weapon they choose. They take their steps, turn, and either shoot, or whatever the case may be. 
and there's like very strict rules, but we'll get into that. Okay. Stark proposed using rifles over the river in South Carolina later in the afternoon. Minus disagreed, claiming his rifle was being worked on, so he couldn't do it that day, but said he would do it in a few days. <laughs> they went their separate ways, but instead of waiting a day, Stark crossed the river, shot his rifle, and claimed victory since Minus was a no-show. Is that how that is that how it works today, too? All right, they didn't show up, I win. <laughs> yeah, you can just, like, cross the river, shoot a gun. I won. Uh, he made his way back to Savannah and told everyone that Minus was a no-show and calling him a coward and all these other things. The following day, Minus made his way to the bar at the City Hotel to have a drink with friends, etc. Stark heard Minus was there, so he came downstairs to confront him. Minus called Stark a coward because he actually didn't wait for Minus to be like ready. He just went over and said, you know, I'm the winner and moved on. So they're both calling each other cowards toxic masculinity exactly (laughs) (laughs) so stark took it in his own hands and drew a pistol however before he could get a shot off minus fired around into stark's chest killing him in the bar of the city hotel minus threatened to fire into the crowd if they didn't back off eventually his friends were able to get a hold of the gun and minus made his way to his office to await the sheriff a couple of Hours later, the sheriff arrived and arrested Minus for murder. But the trial was heavily delayed till they could find a judge that wasn't impartial. Because again, it's 1832 and Savannah's tiny at this point. Uh, The trial lasted six days and after just two hours, the jury found Minus not guilty. After the trial, Minus continued his successful career as a physician and businessman. So that's that <laughs> lovely story. <laughs> Let's see. That's that's a happy ending. Happy For ending. One of them. Um, yeah, I can't get past dueling because someone made fun of you. I don't know. And then I would I would have been fu- I would have been dueling a lot in elementary school. <laughs> I don't think there would have been enough no. days to duel. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm just picturing like sixth graders like on the playground taking three steps away from each other and at sunrise. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the the TV show Recess, and they have their little slingshots. Oh, R.I.P. I loved Recess. It's such a good Both show. Both the actual thing and the TV show. Yes, yes. This is a quote from Benjamin Franklin. He said, quote, How can such miserable sinners as we are entertain so much pride as to conceit that every offense against our imagined honor merits death? So he's saying, let's stop being so prideful and killing each other over honor. It's ridiculous. <laughs> Who was this? That's the guy that... Benjamin Franklin quitted? said that. Oh, I missed that. I was like, wait, this guy is now saying... <laughs> you threw me for a whirlwind there. The physicians are like, no, we shouldn't duel any longer. I won. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> let me go out on a high note. No, no, no. Ben- Benjamin Frank. Ben Frank said that. Um... So I just want to like talk a little bit about duels because I thought it was like a fascinating little tidbit of history. The first duel in the U.S. was in 1621, and they continued through the mid 1800s. Because I was like confused. I was reading this, and I was like, okay, so when did we stop dueling? Like, when did right. someone say, "Hey, let's stop right. killing each other"? Yeah, because apparently it happened all the time. So. Um, You're just like riding your horse down the street and there's a duel to your... The Smiths are dueling today. Oh, they're like crowds showed up all the time. It's like, it's wild. I can't... Okay. (laughs) Uh, Anyone in the U.S. could duel. Didn't matter your profession or status. It was all about preserving a man's honor. So there were strict rules to follow. There was a person called a second. Someone chosen to speak on your behalf during the duel. And they would play a large role in not only laying out guidelines, but they often helped come to agreements so there wouldn't be bloodshed. So if there was a duel, the second would be like, let's both both partner seconds would talk and be like, this is silly. Let's not fight and come to another. They were the voice. They were the Jiminy Cricket. Exactly. Yep. 
Abraham Lincoln was challenged to a duel by an attorney, James Shields, but before they could duel with Lincoln's weapon of choice, a broadsword, the seconds (laughs) came to a peaceful truce. So this, like, attorney was like, hey, Abe Lincoln, I don't like what you're doing. Let's duel. Lincoln's like, okay, let's fight with swords. I mean, Lincoln was like a giant, right? That's true. (laughs) He was probably doing some type of height advantage there. Oh, his arms are so much longer. It's got to be that. Yeah. Right, right. (laughs) Uh, But their seconds both came to an agreement and they didn't end up fighting, which I guess is a good thing. I smell smell a political stunt. Yes, (laughs) for Mm -hmm. sure. Sometimes duel would have surgeons on hand or they duel in front of crowds, like we were saying. Uh, like we see in Hamilton. The infamous Andrew Jackson also battled in a duel when an attorney called Jackson's wife a bigamist. (laughs) The attorney shot first, hitting Jackson in the chest. However, he didn't fall. And instead, Jackson fired back at the attorney, but he misfired. So the duel should have ended there with the two shots fired and one landing. Like, those were the rules. That's how it should have ended. But Jackson fired another shot, hitting the attorney and killing him. Oh. So he didn't play fair. But that's also just Andrew Jackson, so. Right. Uh, Jackson should have been arrested for not following the rules of the duel, but instead he would later win two terms and become president, so. American history. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So apparently Americans changed their view on dueling after the Civil War when they saw the death toll was around 620,000. So laws were passed and the courtroom became the new battleground, basically. So that's some dueling history. But uh, Interesting. another let's go back to the city hotel. So another infamous story that started at the city hotel was of a white man who was visiting, visiting Savannah in 1860 from New York City. He was originally from Georgia, but had moved to New York City and he was out of a job. So he was traveling to his brothers who lived in Augusta, Georgia. He exited the Alabama, which is the name of the boat, and took up temporary residence at the city hotel one day as he stepped outside the hotel 30 men jumped him 30 men 30 men were waiting outside the hotel for him how do you just get jumped by 30 men you didn't see one of them you know what i mean like 30 men don't just sneak up on you yeah they're all 30 are hiding behind one bush and then all of a sudden (laughs) and then they're like ah we're gonna get you you see Exactly. No, that's not how that works. Switch knife out. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm questioning the story's uh, factual basis, but do go on. Come on. Okay. <laughs> uh, he left the city hotel. I don't know. Maybe he was looking down. On, he was reading and left the city hotel. He was on his notice. phone. Yeah, exactly. 18, uh, 1860. <laughs> but uh, the 30 men dragged him through the streets of Savannah to the closest town square and stripped him. They threw him to the ground, whipped him, and generally beat the shit out of him. And the only reason they gave for doing this was because he hailed from the North, and the North was messing with slavery. So, again. (laughs) Oh, God. We love the people from the South. That's great. Sorry, I'm not a... You're from the South, but you know what I mean. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. We're from the North-South. We're from the, right. the the border, yeah. Border states. <laughs> yeah, exactly. This wasn't the only time this happened either. This man was able to escape, but many others weren't as lucky, and like there were others that were lynched. And again, these are white men visiting Savannah at the time. Most of them were staying at the city hotel when they were attacked. So a lot of people speculate, like, was someone was someone working at the hotel telling like locals that northerners were staying at this hotel and that you should come and attack them or whatever the case may be. But there was definitely some shady shit going on at that time, right before the civil war started. Messy. That's wild. I'm going to touch briefly on the yellow fever outbreak. I talk about it a little bit throughout the season, but 
yellow fever was the first viral disease that was discovered to be transmitted by mosquito. It is a quick-acting disease, meaning within six to nine days you will see symptoms and back in 1820 most likely die. At this point, hospitals weren't really a thing. There were hospitals, but they were few and far between. I believe the first hospital in Savannah wasn't built until the early 1800s. But I use hospital loosely because it was like in a private home. And it was just like one or two doctors type of thing. It was like the doctor's house. Right. And they called it a hospital. Yeah. And then it grew from there. But um, they generally weren't prepared for mass deaths they were seeing which is why they turned to hotels to house the hundreds of people. And that wasn't even the end of it. Like Savannah got hit by yellow fever in 1820, 1854, and then again in 1876, getting worse each time. That is crazy. Uh, This is a a random question, but I'm just curious. I wonder if Savannah learned anything with the current (laughs) pandemic. I wonder, I, I'm, I'm curious knowing this now that they, they don't have a history of dealing well, what their numbers looked like. That is a, f- yeah, I'm curious now too. <laughs> we'll, we'll do a follow up. Perfect. Awesome. <laughs> we'll do some research on COVID numbers in Savannah and then we'll get back to right. everyone listening. Because <laughs> uh, I was listening to this podcast, We'll Kill You, and they do an episode on yellow fever and they focus more on Memphis because they had the worst outbreak of yellow fever. But Savannah's was bad. Like in 1820, like 700, like minimum 700 people died, which was like a good chunk of the population at that time. Right. And then by 1876, like thousands of people had died. So it, wild. Um, there's now a vaccine for anybody wondering, and the last epidemic, yellow fever epidemic, was in New Orleans in 1905, so we should be good with yellow fever. You better knock on wood. Don't don't put those things in the universe. But we have other pandemics to worry about anyway, so... Right, exactly. We don't need another. Uh, before we talk ghosts, I just want to mention that there are numerous sightings of ghosts in this building... And even though we most likely have no idea who is haunting the brewery and the building, if we just think about the fact that this building is 200 years old, imagine what happens at a popular hotel in one weekend, let alone like more than 10,000 weekends. So I won't, I won't be staying in any, any hotels after this. <laughs> no. <nah. laughs> You're just airbnb it from now on. Yeah, no, exactly. Uh... <laughs> Well, before we get into that, as Ben Frank said, our imaginary honor does not equate death. Watch out for mosquitoes. And if you're craving a ghost experience but also could use a drink, Moon River Brewing has you covered. And we'll be right back. Okay, we are back and ready to get into some hauntings. I know Jerison is. Yeah. I'm I'm so excited I'm shaken. The most famous ghost in this building is in the basement. He lives in the basement. Of course it's in the fucking basement. <laughs> of course. That's not even that's not even a surprise. No, yeah, if you were to visit and not even knowing that it was haunted, the one place you probably wouldn't go is the basement. So, no, I can guarantee you, <laughs> I'm not going to the basement. Let's let's be clear. Um, this ghost's name is Toby, <laughs> and um, as a ghost, I don't know how thrilled I'd be receiving a name like Toby. But <laughs> it makes him sound cute and like plushy. True. And if I'm like trying to haunt the shit out of some place, I don't know if I would want Toby to be the name I'm given. But hey. is he is he a bad ghost? Are you like, gonna, am I skipping ahead? Is he like uh, scary? I mean, well, uh, you tell me after I tell you about him. <laughs> okay. 
So many staff members have seen his shadow lurking in the basement, and a bartender once watched his shadow come out of the wall. Many people will suddenly become ice cold, which is, like, common for ghosts, but they become, like, most people giving... uh, that have talked about it and have experienced it feel like they're being dipped into an ice cold bath is what they say. There was a woman on a tour that began to panic because her entire right side of her body became icy cold. And almost immediately she said she could hear voices, but she couldn't make out what they were saying. (laughs) No, you would have seen my ghost because I would have been gone. The, The outline of like a cloud of your shape. I'm like, I'm not even in the brewery, and I'm so tense right now. So she's not the only one to hear voices in the basement either. Many, or maybe Toby isn't alone. He's just, you know, that one ghost people have named. But again, again, we don't know who is haunting the building. But a woman was alone in the basement, probably an employee of the restaurant and bar, when suddenly she was feeling the act of being choked oh and then as she was starting to be choked she was being pushed against the wall behind her toby rude just keep your hands to yourself it's probably the guy that got beat by that mob he's i mean he was pissed yeah (laughs) could be yeah he's got after some revenge uh someone has even claimed to be possessed in the basement no see (laughs) i Have you ever seen... Do you watch horror movies or no? If you have not learned anything from this conversation, it is that I definitely do not watch scary movies. Okay. Well, if you are ever interested, on HBO Max, there's a one of my favorite horror movies called Ouija, Origin of Evil. And there's, like, a great scene in the basement. But I'll leave it at that. <laughs> yep. I have a basement now that I refuse to go into, oh, so... Then maybe you shouldn't <laughs> watch it. Yeah. Uh, another bartender headed into the basement, but when she reached the bottom of the stairs, she thought she saw a man standing to her left. She blinked and turned, thinking it was just her vision, but the man didn't disappear. Mm-mm. They stood there staring at each other until the bartender oh, backed up out of the room. And just, like, left the basement and, like, never went back. (laughs) I'm literally not going to be able to sleep tonight. (laughs) This is too much. This is why you uh, watch some Disney movies after this. (laughs) This is why I watch cartoons 90% of the time, yeah. (laughs) Okay, so that's the basement. If you head upstairs to the main floor, you'll encounter James Jones Stark, our murder dueling guy. A lot of people say he was shot... In the bar, but also people have said he was shot on the stairs. Others have said in different locations. But regardless, he was murdered in the hotel. And people have seen his apparition, like, roaming the halls. So that's cute. Mm -mm. (laughs) If you choose to have dinner in the building, again, dinner, uh, the restaurant's on the main floor. Make sure you're ready. Women, make sure you're ready because you may encounter a ghost in the ladies' restroom. A date... Like a moaning myrtle? I don't think she's, like, swimming in toilets, but I'm gonna say yes. Okay. Okay. (laughs) There's a woman on a date, and she headed to the restroom one evening only to be trapped inside the stall. The door was unlocked, but no matter how hard she pushed against the stall door, it wouldn't swing open. After a few minutes, she called out, let me out of the stall, and the door opened with ease. So it seemed like to her that someone was standing on the other side of the stall door and like pushing against it. Oh my God, my dogs just barked and scared the crap out of me. Oh my God. Okay, hold on one second. Let me get them settled. Okay, I've, I've composed myself. <laughs> good, good. Because we're, like, uh, not done. <laughs> okay. This, 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 this particular story 
really gets me because anytime I go to a restaurant or a, uh, something and the like you have to go I'm thinking of a restaurant uh, in particular but was in the basement the restaurant yeah, yeah, was yeah. and if I if I'm the only person down there because you know you might be in the restroom by yourself I'm I'm so paranoid yeah. <laughs> like that's how I am constantly scared all the time it's exhausting. Especially old buildings, like in Chicago and other cities like that, for sure. Absolutely. Yes. Another night at the restaurant, a couple of friends were having dinner when the woman felt her leg squeezed, like her thigh. She looked at her friend from across the table, thinking it was him because his hands were under the table. It wasn't until later when she felt another squeeze and noticed her friend's hands were above the table. She immediately got up from the table and refused to return to that restaurant after that. So, no, again, another, like, handsy ghost. Like, it's just... I was going to say, did they not know consent? I mean, come on. I mean, in the 1800s, I guess not. <laughs> it's... Well, they've had time to learn. True. They've been watching plenty of it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Other experiences have been servers being touched as well, which, again, very disrespectful. And silverware and other items on the tables being thrown off by themselves. Which, again, as someone who has been a server, doing a bunch of roll-ups and setting tables for, like, customers and then having it thrown off the table, I would not be happy. Right. Whoever this is is just mischievous. Yes. (laughs) Do you think it's a real housewife's ghost living in the restaurant? (laughs) All I picture for the 1800s, a hundred, a hundred percent. I didn't get the right trout flips table. A bartender watched a woman in period clothing approach the bar to order a drink, but disappeared before she reached the bar. And the bartender wasn't the only person who saw her disappear either. Guests became suddenly quiet when she vanished and kind of all just like looked around at each other. Like, did we all just witness the same thing happening? And a manager saw the same woman at the top of the stairs when he asked if he could help her with something, she disappeared. So that woman is all over the place in that building. So these people are seeing, like, like people. Yes. Not like, not like wispy little... No, I mean, there is that, but then, like, they're seeing full-on apparitions of people. Yeah. Like, if I looked over and I saw myself like the way i look right now that's what they're saying yeah yeah yeah. like they could describe the clothing yeah that's that's like more terrifying to me than like the wispy little yes (laughs) mirage of a person okay if you keep heading up the stairs you'll run into a lot of ghostly activities we're on floor two now of course there's a lady in white that roams the upper floors Always grab the handrails when walking the stairs because people have been shoved down the stairs numerous times. Like, it happens a lot. Why do people keep going? Just no more walking stairs. That's what baffles me. Yeah, people have been shoved down the stairs all the time. Again. I I, I would imagine that I would not be... If I knew that, I'm not going on this tour. Like, what? (laughs) No. Fair. I mean, and if you do go on the tour, you stay in the first uh, floor and have some drinks. There's plenty of ghosts on the first floor, it sounds like. Yes. So I don't need to go any higher. <laughs> so, again, we're on the second floor. During renovations in the late, 1900, or late 1990s, the construction crew, like many people, were chased out of the building. Like many workers just up and quit. And so renovations were never finished in the top three floors. That's why they look the way they do now because they tried renovating it and anyone who worked on those floors like ended up quitting. And so what? they could never finish it. I, I, I can't believe that this place even exists. <laughs> it's still active today. Uh, yeah, there's a... First-hand experience where a man who was working on the upstairs renovation, he was sanding the floors on the third floor, actually. But when he turned the sander off, it kept running. 
and he thought it was some wire issues, so he went over to the wall and unplugged it from the wall. But the sander continued to run, even though it wasn't attached to a source of power. The man walked to his manager and quit. (laughs) And that was just, like, the cherry on top of things, because before then, him and all his other workers, or, like, co-workers were being touched all the time, things were being moved, and, like, all all that little little things were happening, and then this happened, this guy was like, yep, that's it, I'm done. That's the last straw. Good for them. Standing up for their rights. Right. Yeah, they also complained about being pushed, touched, and messed with. Even the manager of the renovation quit after his wife was shoved down the stairs. <laughs> I don't mean to laugh, but <laughs> that, that one that one sounds a bit like a cover up. But <laughs> I'll, I'll let it slide. All these other, all my employees have quit. Why am I still here? My wife has shut. Right, I'm leaving. <laughs> but yeah, like I said, the top three floors have never been completed because of that. So many guests take the tour of the building, the tour that you said you're never going to take. <laughs> uh, they can take it for me and. Here's some highlights from tours. Many guests who have taken the tours have said they've been touched by unseen forces, of course. Even non-believers believe something strange is going on inside the building after their tour. On one particular tour, the guide was telling a small group about the building on the... They were on the second floor. When a woman who was listening to the guests or the guide speak became extremely nervous, so nervous that the guide like noticed when the tour was over and everyone is at the bar the woman approached the tour guide and explained that if they were going to hire actors to scare them they should get their cues right she told them that the woman in white walking right behind the guide as he was talking should jump out at a certain cue or at least meet up with them later on in the tour to scare them The guide explained that they don't hire actors for the tours, and she was the only person in the group to bring up this random woman walking behind the guide on the second floor. So this woman, like, straight up saw an apparition, like a ghost, walk behind the tour guide as he was talking about the ghosts. Mm -mm. Nope. It was, like, so lifelike she thought it was some actor that was, like, hired by the tour. No, that's terrifying. (laughs) I won't be doing that tour. Another occasion, a mom and daughter were on the tour with a dozen other people when the mom suddenly told the guide she needed to go back downstairs. She left her daughter on the second floor with the rest of the tour to finish up. When everyone made their way back to the first floor, the mom told the guide she saw a woman dressed in black period clothing weaving in and out of the guests on the tour. She looked very angry, and the mom didn't leave the group until she realized no one else could see her. So this woman was, like, standing amongst the guests taking the tour, and then was, like, walking in between them. And this mom was the only person to see her do this. And she's like, nope. Sorry, daughter, you can stay here. I'm ditching you and going Okay, downstairs. yeah, that's, that, uh, that's not motherhood right there. Like, what? <laughs> I'm going to leave. I sense danger. You have fun. Let me know how it is. <laughs> Enjoy. I'll pick you up after. I'm going to go grab a drink at the oh bar. Oh, God. Yeah. There was an elderly woman on the tour on the second floor. And while the guide was talking, he noticed her flinch abruptly. After the tour, when they went back down to the first floor, he checked on her to make sure she was okay. And she told him that she was slapped by someone, but obviously the guy didn't see anybody slap her. And then later on that night, a red handprint showed up on her right oh, arm. No. But it was of a right hand. No. She had like an actual welt. So, yeah. So did she, does, like, does it say like she felt it or did she just have the like, oh, that's terrifying. Yeah, it said she felt it and then... Later, it became a red uh, handprint, and then there was, like, minimal bruising. Yeah. I'm not here for that. I always say I'm most scared of the things that I know I can't kill. 
Like, if, if a person's yes. after me in a scary movie, I, I like my chances. But a ghost or some shit? Like, yeah. what do you even do? <laughs> There's nothing you can, right. like, leave. Run. Oh, God. If you head up to the fourth floor, <laughs> be ready for some dark energy, because that is where most of the yellow fever victims died, including a lot of children. So you'll get a lot of children ghosts on the fourth, fourth floor. No, no. <laughs> a server at the restaurant headed up stairs to grab supplies, but when he passed through the hall, he saw a little girl standing at the far end of the hallway. Nope. She was playing, and the server believed it was a child of a guest who wasn't being watched by a parent, so we followed her into a room to find the room empty. No. Okay. First of all, scary movie etiquette number one is you don't follow the ghost. <laughs> no, never. <laughs> oh, I have a scary story this... that I, this fits this perfectly. I was really sick um, years ago, and I was in the hospital for a long time. Not a long time. Relatively speaking, a long time. And right. uh, the only time I ever got a break was uh, from, like, the doctors or my family. They, were, they stayed at the hospital with me. was, like, like between 6 a.m. and, like, 8 a.m. And so that's when uh-huh. I would, like, actually sleep. And it was, like, right after a round of medication. Right. And <laughs> every day, I don't really remember this, but every day my mom would come back around, like, 8-ish after getting breakfast. And she would say that I'd always be staring at the door. And she'd ask me who I was, like, why, what, what was I looking at? And I'd always say, the little boy wants me to come play with him. And she no. was always like, don't go play with the little boy, whatever <laughs> you do. And I was like 26. This wasn't like I was a child. I was like 26 when this happened. So I was literally picturing you as like a 10-year-old. <laughs> no, I'm like a, a, a fully formed human. Oh, my God. Good. <laughs> yeah, it was terrifying. I mean, your mom is right. Don't. I did not go <laughs> play, go play with, with the little boy. That's a, and you don't remember because you were on medication, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I was like in and out, like woozy. Wow. Yeah, that's okay. So I, I believe <laughs> this one the most. I mean, the guy said he wasn't scared. And he said his like initial thought was like he didn't have time for go shit. Like he had stuff to do. Oh my God. Okay. I love that energy. <laughs> Yes. I wish I didn't have time for ghost shit. Like, I wish I wasn't scared all the time. <laughs> right. So, not only were yellow fever victims on the fourth floor, don't forget about the Civil War men that were in the hospital on the fourth floor of the building. I'm sure they're wandering up there as well. Um, and, like, these stories could go on forever. I could tell you, like, 16 more ghost stories from this building, from tours, people that work there, people who visited. Um there was someone who had their ponytail pulled. The oven in the kitchen switches on and off randomly. Someone's name has been whispered. Uh, shadows moving in empty rooms. Like, someone has seen shadows, like, through a door that was closed. No. Like, underneath the door, and, like, no one's in that room. Uh, and again, it goes on and on and on. Uh, I hate that. But, yeah, would you... So you've made it abundantly clear you would not explore a haunted place. I am not. I don't care. We used to, there was a house where I grew up that was a, like an abandoned mansion type thing. It was a doctor's yeah. house too. And it, I don't remember the, it wasn't an epidemic or like a pandemic or anything like that, but there was some mass tragedy that happened in that area. Uh, and that, right. that house was the doctor's house and the house next to it was like the hospital. Um, and my cousins were always obsessed with it. They always wanted to go look at it. Go on. Y'all go and have fun because I'm not <laughs> I'm not going up in there. No. So this started from an early age. Oh yes. Very early on. I have I don't do all that. Fair. I would like to say that, uh, but my mom's side of the family has like had tons of ghost experiences. So I like grew up with hearing them all so Mm-mm. i feel like i have to my i have like such an active imagination that i dream stuff up and it just is terrifying like i don't have to even experience it i can sit there and think about it I'm like oh, okay i'm scared fair i mean that's uh 
I do too, but I enjoy it. So there's the oh. there's the difference. I yeah, I the Halloween season I prefer like holiday baking shows. Not not haunted mansions. You prefer the like Halloween favorites on Netflix, not the horror section. I don't know. I feel like I if we're if we're just talking like how like feel good movies, obviously Hocus Pocus. Yes. Yeah. Is like yeah, a yeah, yeah. duh. Uh, but I do. Yeah. I something I'm planning to do this this season is watch um, that the new Adams families, the animated ones because oh, okay, I yeah. didn't watch those, uh-huh. and I want to watch all the Hotel Transylvanias because I didn't watch those either. So I've seen the first two and they're really cute. Okay, so you should yeah, watch. <laughs> I'll watch those. I do like the movie. It's a Tim Burton movie, Frankenweenie. Oh, that that's one's cute. really yeah, cute yeah. too, and the one where the boy sees the dead people, not Sixth Sense. <laughs> That was that was misleading. That was misleading. Uh, I was gonna say yeah, success. that was the the cartoon one. It's like paranormal. Yeah, Paranorman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you should watch Monster House if you haven't. I think I have seen that one, and that one's like relatively scary for what it is, right? For being like animated, it is has like a little yeah it's spooky. They like the house um, like eats children. Yeah, 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 uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> and then. Um, my favorite is Halloween Town. So oh yeah, yeah. Of course, those are classics. Those. I I like the yeah. first one, obviously. That's the the staple. I didn't really love yes. the others. You know, the first two I like a lot. Uh, the third one, the Halloween Town High, I'm like, meh. Uh, there's parts of it I like, and then the I refuse to even acknowledge the last one because it has a different actress. Oh so that's right, just right, right. My um, two cents. But you know, you know, Marnie <laughs> is on TikTok. Oh, okay. Yeah, she's. I follow her on Twitter. Oh, okay. Yeah, she's got like her seasonal. She comes out of the woodwork for Halloween. Love her. Love her. She lives in Halloween Town, <laughs> I guess. I'm okay with that. Yeah, down. <laughs> seems fun. So, besides like the hospital uh, situation, have you had any like? I don't, I don't want to say ghost experiences, but like any paranormal, any things you can't really explain? Yes. No, I have had. So growing up, I lived in a, um, I don't remember how long we lived there, but maybe from like first grade to fourth grade. Fourth grade, we definitely moved out. But uh, we lived in like the, pars- the parsonage, the parsonage, is that what you call it? The the house for the preachers? I think it's called a parsonage, oh, right? Oh, uh- I know exactly what you're talking okay. about. Okay, it was basically uh, that yeah, the yeah, house yeah. the church owned and the preachers usually yeah. live there. This current preacher was not living there, so it was rented out to the you know community, and we lived there. Right. Not our church. Yeah. We didn't go there. It was just we rented. Anyway, it was an old house. Uh, it's set like in the middle of a cornfield, of, of course, course. <laughs> and it uh, it was like white and two storied, kind of. I mean, similar look to the Amityville Horror House. Okay, so just. Yeah, so picture that. I didn't know what Amityville Horror was at that time, but that's what it looked like looking back. And (laughs) there were a couple situations in that house. One time, my grandma, who's super religious, she she was in the kitchen, and I was sitting on the couch watching probably cartoons. And the shelf, like, fell off the wall and, like, kind of scooted on the floor. And that was the only time I feel like my grandma really didn't have an explanation for something. Because right. it wasn't just falling off the wall. It was kind of uh, away from where it should have been. So that happened. Gotcha. And then um, there, it was two-storied, and there was a door between the downstairs and the upstairs. And our like okay. playroom and stuff was upstairs. And so my sister was walking in front of me, and I was behind, and the door slammed shut. And I, to this day, have justified this by saying that she was, like, pranking me and, like, she couldn't get out. And she's, like, screaming and, like, I'm trying to open the door. And it wouldn't open. And then finally it opened. And she swears that she swears that she didn't do that. To this day, she swears it's, like, paranormal activity. And then one final thing happened there. Uh, my bedroom was on the second floor. And... My, my windows looked out onto the street. It had like, I was in like one of those little gables and I had two windows. Okay. Mm-hmm. And we got on the bus and there's no vents in this, is an old house. I don't even remember if it had central air, but there's, so there's like no vents or anything. 
And right. we looked out the window, just, I don't know why, just looked at the house. And my curtains, like, opened and then, like, closed. And uh, I'm forever scarred by that image. So That is not okay. That's, those are my horror stories. No, seeing anything in a window that isn't supposed to be there, that's, like, creepy. Whether it's a person, something moving, whatever, not okay. A hundred percent. And uh, given it's me, I'm not, I'm not interested in going back home. So, but yeah, that's it. I don't think I've had any like actual like brushes with like feeling the presence or anything. Um, Right. Yeah. Well, those are something, I mean, that's, uh, those are creepy enough for you. Yeah. A (laughs) hundred percent. Well, thank you, Jerison, for joining me. Tonight. Yeah, thanks for having me. You can follow Haunted Hometowns on Instagram and Twitter for guest info, photos related to each episode, and upcoming news. Please subscribe to the podcast. It helps it grow and reach more people who are looking for more true crime and or paranormal podcasts. Also, don't forget to rate, share, and comment. Maybe there's a city you want me to cover if you'd like your ad to play also during the podcast or if you have a ghost story that you'd like me to read on the podcast email me at haunted hometowns podcast at gmail.com could be anything from levitating cake to a la Llorona kidnapping your children in the middle of the night oh. let me know <laughs> and uh jerison where can they find listen what you're up to for sure yeah you can follow uh my podcast and uh at crooner has it on all handles. Uh, and then you can also follow me personally, Jerison Dean on all handles as well. Super simple. That's where I'm at. Uh, yeah. Give me, give me a follow. Give me a listen. My podcast is not as scary. So listen to this one first and then give me a listen when you need to like lighten the mood. Great advice. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Listen to this, be like creeped out, feel it, and then go listen to artists and support artists. Exactly. Because that's what we like to do here on this podcast, too. So, till next time, because everyone loves a ghost story. The music is by Tyre. Follow him on Instagram at For Boys Like Me. That's F O R Boys Like Me. You can follow the artist, Pepe Munoz on Instagram at p.e.p.e.munoz M-U-N-O-Z got my information from Wikipedia The Ultimate History Project by Carrie Stemk Ghost City Tours This Podcast Will Heal You Moon River Brewing Company and Haunted Savannah by James Caskey